Welcome back, everybody, to From the Bench. Matt Laguza and Jack Quinn here with you for another week. We actually have a pretty interesting uh, topics this week. Uh, it's definitely been a lot more exciting uh, than in past weeks. But first, we are going to start off with the sad news of the Tiger Woods accident that happened earlier this week. He obviously, as most people know, it was in the morning he was going to have a golf lesson with Drew Brees and Justin Herbert when he rolled off the road. And from what we know so far, it is not life-threatening, but he shattered his ankle, fractured on, has fractures on both upper and lower parts of the fibula and tibia, and they've had a rod, screws, and pins all inserted at different areas in his lower part of his body it's really tough news to hear, especially as you and I are avid golfers and golf fans. It's tough to hear. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was, that was very scary. And thankfully he's alive, you know, like that, that, that crash. And I don't know if you saw the pictures, Matt, of the car, but it was total, it was total. Um, And I'm just really interested to see what the investigation is all about, because I know Tiger just had his fifth, back surgery recently right before that crash and I think we had he had that one incident where he was arrested and that famous uh, mugshot came out but I, I was thinking maybe possibly he's under the influence um, because I think they said there was you know there are no break like break marks or, or like anything like that which is really interesting um, I'm interested to see how the story develops but obviously Tiger Woods is a you know the pinnacle of golf it's what you know you and I always joke around on the course about playing like him and you know it, I'm just so happy although I know he, maybe this might end his golf career that he's okay yeah exactly that's the best thing exactly and we heard uh actually one of the LA sheriffs said that he's just lucky to be alive in general and I did see that photo that you were mentioning and it's crazy but, you know, Rory McIlroy obviously put it best when uh, he was commenting on it, that it doesn't matter about the golf. It's just that he's okay. And that's all that matters. And obviously we've, we've seen Tiger come back from some pretty bad injuries. He can obviously make a comeback and I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but right now it's just good that he's alive and hopefully he will return from this brutal injury. Yeah. Just given his history and the way he's faced adversity just in the sport of golf, putting his personal issues aside, you know, he's a fantastic athlete and you have to hand it to him. I, I don't think this will, this will be the last time. You know, I, I think he'll be back out there in the PGA, but it's going to take, take a, a long time. These are serious injuries and it's going to be a long road of recovery. It definitely will be, but we're excited to see Tiger back out there, hopefully sooner rather than later. But let's go away from the sad news and let's go over to the gridiron where we're going to talk NFL free agency and trade rumors. And we're going to start off with the news that came out about a week and a half ago. We didn't post last week. So the last two weeks, actually, we're sorry about that. But uh, so it's a little dated, but the Carson Wentz trade to the Indianapolis Colts. And even though it happened, we want to give some details on it just on our show. So from what we uh, got from the details, uh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles received a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 conditional second round pick. And that second round pick 
is can become a first round pick if Carson Wentz plays 75% of his snaps or 70% and the Colts make the playoffs. So Jack, we talked about this earlier, Carson Wentz going to the Colts, going back under Frank Reich, who he succeeded on. That was really the last time he really succeeded. Uh, what do you think of this move? I really like it for Carson Wentz. Um, I think this is, you and I have been talking about this for a while um, since we started this. Just a change of scenery for him would be um, ideal um, because, you know, if anything we know about Philly right now, it's really, they, they're so inconsistent in what they want to do. Um, and, and also with Philly, you're getting rid of the guy that might be a problem in the locker room. How do you keep him with Hurts and to fight out for that quarterback position? Um, but Wentz is going into a great situation in Indy. You know, you have a great coach that he already knows. And he's got a lot of weapons around him on the offensive end. And, and Indy was a fringe. Did they make the playoffs this year? Yeah, they did. So they're already in the playoffs. You're adding another player that could come back to MVP potential. You know, it's it's a good it's a good move. And for Philly, Philly, you're you're dumping that contract. Yep. Uh, that helps. That definitely helps. You know, there's no question about it. The Colts are definitely they're they're a playoff team. Really, if they just got a mediocre quarterback from there on in, they got the best offensive line in the league, one of the best defenses. They've got a good amount of cap space this offseason to maybe sign some more weapons maybe a left tackle. And the big thing for them is they didn't give, give away their first first round pick. So they've got the number 20 overall pick still right now. So that's huge for them. But just for me, I've been talking about this for a while and I've been thinking about it. There are, there's really only, there's really no losers from this trade. From what I can tell, the only loser that there possibly could be is Jalen hurts. And it doesn't really have anything to do with this trade because the Eagles are still considering drafting a quarterback in this year's draft. They're not hundred percent sold on him. And, you know, it makes sense. If you look at his stats from this year, he had a six to four touchdown interception ratio ratio and nine fumbles. So he did have a bunch of turnover issues, kind of like Carson Wentz, but again, it was only his first year. He played what four games uh, as a starter. That would be the only really thing that I would be concerned about for Jalen Hurts. But as you mentioned, the Eagles, obviously, they get rid of a ton of cap space that they had. And hopefully they'll be able to improve their offensive weapons because that was a huge downfall for them this year. Yeah, I'll be interested also to see what they do with Ertz. Um, it seemed as if um, they might let him walk um, as they didn't give him the contract extension. But just going back to Hertz, I, I think we talked this we talked about this last episode, which will be uploaded soon. Um, just the fact that I'm not – sold completely on him you know i don't what has he really shown us so far um you know he he's definitely a winner but i wouldn't say he's a franchise quarterback you know i i don't i'm not going to put all my marbles on this guy yeah and that's actually that's a good point especially with an organization like the eagles as we've seen they've been very dysfunctional over the past couple years and even if jalen hurts has the potential to be that guy Look what happened to Carson Wentz. And even, even if that has nothing to do with the organization, it just seems like Philadelphia right now is a toxic environment since that Super Bowl win. And it just really hasn't gone well for anybody on that team. They need help and they need help fast if they want to try to get a chance to get into the NFC East playoff picture this year. 
Right. And you know, just speaking on the NFC East, like uh, we've, again, I keep saying this, but we, we've had this conversation a couple of times about that division. Like it just takes one move for one of those teams really to propel them to the top. Um, a lot, like it was very tight this past year. I don't think any teams had a winning record this past year, which is ridiculous. And, you know, we'll see what happens, but I'm not seeing Philly as a threat right now. No, there's no question. The NFC least is going to continue to stay like that until one team, just one team can figure it out. But, you know, we're going to move on and actually have something that kind of connects to the NFC East here. The Russell Wilson bomb the other day that he came out with that he wants, wants to be traded. That was the original rumor. Allegedly he does not want to be traded. He wants to stay in Seattle, but he is willing to leave. Obviously, there's been some frustration with the organization as a whole. He doesn't like how they really haven't upgraded his protection on the offensive line. He was frustrated with the way Pete Carroll handled some situations on the field and off the field. It's been a wild thing going on, especially with the rough second half of the season that he had this year. What do you think of the whole Russell Wilson situation and how he wants to be out? Uh, it really honestly surprised me. I, I don't know if it caught you off guard. I, I understood that Wilson was frustrated with the team, but uh, you know, I didn't know who had got to this point uh, where these rumors were coming out. Um, but generally speaking, you know, he's got a point. I, I don't think Seahawks have surrounded him necessarily with the tools to succeed um, like in the past. Um, and, you know, given the amount of talent this guy has, he should be the main focus. You know, if he's unhappy, you're doing something wrong because he's a guy you want to keep around. He's a great teammate. He's an awesome player. And, you know, if you're not giving the adequate protection to play and he's getting sacked a lot, you know, I, I understand that frustration. Mm-hmm. And no, and I completely understand that. Like one thing just before I comment on that is you mentioned like you hadn't heard any rumors and I'm like, you know, we'd obviously heard some little things about Russ possibly being, you know, out of Seattle, but me and Cole, you know, he's been on the show before, uh, Cole Slaw, we were talking about him, we're like, there's there's no way that he's going to be traded this year. He's going to be traded next year, if anything. We could see it happening, it's just not this year. And then these rumors, and then this came out that his camp had requested a trade. It, it just came out of nowhere. And it's crazy just how fast things were moving because – we were talking about the QB carousel and how, you know, it was kind of slowing down. We were thinking, who's going to be off next? Is it Marcus Mariota? Is it, we, we didn't really know what was going to happen. And then this came out and it completely changed everything. He is a top tier quarterback target. And now him and Watson possibly getting traded this off season, it is going to make it a wild time to listen to the, uh, up until training camps this year. So now let's move on to our final uh, football topic here. And it's going to be JJ Watt. And we've been hearing a lot of rumors about him ever since he has been cut by the Houston Texans. Obviously the Texans have been a uh, crazy organization to follow this year, but he is on the free agent market. He's been one of the hot commodities around there. Obviously, this past season, he had 36 tackles, five sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception. No matter how many injuries he's had, he's always a force to reckon with. 
Jack, we've obviously been hearing rumors that he's been offered around 15 to 16 million per year from some teams. What do you think of the whole free agent situation for him? Yeah, I mean, you know, what team doesn't want J.J. Watt um, just in terms of value-wise? But for J.J. Watt, I want to see him go to a contender. And as you mentioned, there, there are a multitude of teams that are in contention that are after him, um, like the Bills and, and Browns. I, I really enjoy seeing him on the Browns because I really think they're a step away from really contending, um, especially – I feel like the Steelers' future right now is in question. Uh, I know they had a, a, a great season this past year, but um, I think it's the, the Browns would be a good uh, destination for him. Um, but honestly, I know it's not – you didn't list the Steelers, but Steelers would be really cool if he teamed up with his brothers. Um, but, you know, what, what are your thoughts? You know, I would look, that was my first choice. Like, I would love to see him go to Pittsburgh and team up with TJ and Derek. But now that they've had, they apparently had talks with Big Ben and he's coming back, it doesn't seem like they're going to have a lot of cap room to sign him, which is really disappointing. But you mentioned that the Bills and the Browns, I would love to see him on the Browns. Like, Browns are America's team right now. No more Dallas Cowboys. The Browns are America's team. Everybody loves them. But him alongside Miles Garrett would be absolutely insane. It'd be great. But the other, there's another team other than the Browns and Bills that would be very interesting, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Now, the problem with this is they do not have a lot of cap space remaining this year. They weren't able to re-sign Aaron Jones. And, you know, they're definitely going to be struggling because they need some help in the secondary as well. But it'll definitely be interesting to see what they do. Um but he would be great across from Darius Smith. But right now, I think the Browns and the Bills are definitely the top two choices uh, for JJ. And it'll be interesting to see which one he chooses because both of them are playoff contenders in the AFC. And they both could really use an edge rusher. So I think it's really going to come down to who can offer the most money and who can give the most promises for what they can do with him on their team. Yeah, Bills Mafia would love JJ Watt. I, I think... Honestly, from a player's perspective, in terms of fans, you know, that might be attractive. You play in that type of culture. You're playing in a, a team that has a lot of fight in it in them. Yep. Um, and the Bills were one game away, one game away from the Super Bowl. Again, makes them really attractive, and it would be great to see them there. And that's the thing. Not uh, You mentioned the fandom. If you think about it, all the teams that have been – that we are talking about that are interested in J.J. Watt – are teams that have insanely active fan bases. The Bills Mafia, the Dog Pound, Steeler Nation, uh, Green Bay, they've obviously got a great football culture. Even the Las Vegas Raiders have been interested in it. I don't think he's going to end up going there, but that's another team that was interested in him. But all the like, no matter what, it seems like J.J. Watt is going to go to a place that is going to have fans just surround him and just make playing football wherever he is a lot of fun. So let's move away from the gridiron and go to baseball. We haven't talked about this in a while. It's in the middle of the offseason, but pitchers and catchers reported spring training is coming, and the first spring training game is on Sunday. We're getting excited, and Jack, we're going to talk a little bit about this. Who are some of your teams that you most look forward to watching this spring training and this year? I'm going to say, you know, Yankees and Mets, honestly. Um, I think Yankees have a lot to prove. Um, you know, they haven't made many moves this offseason, 
And so talking about this with you, I just think if, if Kluber does return to like even a fraction of what he once was, it could make the Yankees pretty dangerous, even okay. more dangerous than they are. Um, and for the Mets, I mean, I'm just excited for them just because they made these moves to get these premier players like Lindor. And, and I, like you said, I think a steal of that deal is Carrasco. Um, I think both teams in New York are, have bright futures this season. Yeah, no, and I completely agree. I'll actually start off with the Mets because you ended with that, and then I'll go to my other team. But I'm extremely excited about the Mets, and it's mostly because I am scared of what could happen because obviously as a Mets fan, I know nothing is ever set in stone of what could happen. But no, Francisco Lindor being brought in is going to be a huge boost. Obviously, we're going to get Syndergaard back in June. We added a lot of pitching depth. We've got a really solid team. So it's going to be exciting to watch, especially as Steve Cohen's first year as owner. But the other team, probably the team I'm most excited to watch is the San Diego Padres. The the San Diego Padres are went from the worst team in the league to one of the best teams in the league, just like that. They just signed Fernando Tatis Jr. to a 14 year, $340 million contract. And just since we were talking about the Mets, the Bobby Bonilla deal they're still going to have to pay him one more year after that 14-year contract is done, which is just crazy. But they've got one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. They've got one of the best young teams in baseball. They've got Francisco Tatis Jr. is probably going to be the face of baseball this year. There's no question about it. He's one of the best young players. It is going to be exciting to watch them, especially since they're going to be in the same division as the Los Angeles Dodgers who won the world series last year. So two of the best teams, two of the best pitching staffs going at it 17 times a year, I believe it's 17. It's going to be really exciting. So let's move on to individual players and I'll start uh, for me, two of the top, two of the players that I'm most excited for are actually on the teams that I just mentioned, Francisco Lindor and Fernando Tatis Jr. For Fernando Tatis Jr. For me, it's most exciting just because he just got this huge deal. And I'm just, I want to see him perform at the level that he just got paid for. And it's going to be really exciting. He's still a really young players, 22 years old, playing shortstop, probably the most commanding other than pitcher, probably the most commanding position on the field. And now they're playoff contenders. They are world series contenders. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how he takes the leadership position, how he conducts himself and how he performs coming off one, an amazing season that he had last year. And for Lindor, it's not even that he's on the Mets. It is that he is in a new situation. It'll be interesting to see how he plays in the NL, how he uh, reacts to a New York environment versus a Cleveland environment. But it's mostly because he's on a contract year. And obviously the Mets are going to try to extend him, but he is open to the possibility of hitting free agency. He's not scared of it. So it's going to be interesting to see how he performs and really what kind of contract he gets, whether it's with the Mets or with someone else. Yeah, those are great picks. Just two guys that made, you know, Tatis made headlines with the contract and Lindor with the trade. Uh, I was thinking more about Bauer and the Dodgers. I, I think, you know, it's it's going to be easy for him to fit in. I think he'll thrive there uh, immediately just because it's a winning culture. And, you know, it's Trevor Bauer. He's a great player. Um, additionally, I have to say, I feel like uh, Bryce Harper has fallen out of conversation. Uh, I just feel like uh, he sort of underperformed after getting that contract last year. And I think he has a lot to prove this year with the Phillies. Um, 
considering also their team is just very good. The, the NL East in general is insane. Um, but I think we should look out for the Phillies this year uh, and, and especially Bryce Harper. Yeah, you know, actually Bryce Harper is someone that I didn't think about. That's actually really interesting. He gets a lot of hate, obviously, as we've seen from really his entire career. As much as I despise him for his time on the Nationals and now on the Phillies, you know, I do want to see him do well because of, you know, how much hate he's gotten. But, you know, we will see what happens um, in the future with that. We're just hoping that he comes back and plays well. Now let's move over to the NBA. We're getting closer to the second half of the season. The second half of the season schedule was posted, and we're getting close to the All-Star game. So right now we're going to start off. We had this conversation closer to the beginning of the season, the MVP race. And I think it's changed a little bit since last time. I know I said Luka Doncic. I don't remember exactly what you said, Jack. But we're going to start off with you. Now that we're close to the halfway point of the season, how has your pick for MVP changed? Um, I'm pretty sure I picked LeBron, um, you know, just because he's LeBron. Um, And, you know, these past couple games for the Lakers without Anthony Davis, I think they've lost every game. Like, Yeah, I think they're like one in five or something like that. Right. So that doesn't help uh, LeBron's MVP uh, campaign here. I I really don't think that helps at all. Um, But I think, you know, a name – uh, that you'll probably agree with is, is Joel Embiid. And Embiid has been, you know, Im- impossible to guard. He's been by far one of the best players in the Eastern Conference. He's leading the 76ers to the first seed in the East. And just, I think he is definitely the MVP through the first half of the season. But a uh, special shadow would probably go out to Damian Lillard, um, given his play. Um, he's just been unconscious out there. Um, and yet he's not starting in the All-Star game. So that makes no sense. Yeah, no, there's no question that Damian Lillard is one of the most snubbed players in the NBA. Even, I just think he probably should have started over Luka this season. Uh, it doesn't matter. That's over with. But for me, I agree with you. I think Joel Embiid is the MVP so far this season. In my opinion, I think the same thing is going to happen just like every year. He's either going to get hurt and miss three weeks or he's going to go on a two to three week cold streak where his stats go down and it's just not good enough to get the MVP. So for me, it's between two players for MVP. It's either going to be LeBron James or Nikola Jokic. And that's someone I want to focus on because right now he's averaging 27, 11 and eight. He's leading that Denver Nuggets team. He is one of the best big men in the league. No question about it. He's actually very durable as well. And I think he can keep the numbers up. So if the Denver Nuggets make the playoffs, I think he's a really interesting candidate to make it. But obviously for me, my top choice right now is LeBron James. Obviously the Lakers have to start winning again because otherwise he's not going to be considered. But yeah, he's averaging 26, 8 and 8 so far. Great season as always. And I don't see him slowing down. Yeah, LeBron's definitely a good pick. I It just, with Anthony Davis not there and he's losing games, it, it definitely doesn't hurt. I mean, it definitely hurts his chances at this getting this award. Um, but obviously, every year, LeBron is the most valuable guy out there. You know, he, he, he can turn any team into a playoff team or a championship contender, uh, even at his young age or old age, actually. Um, and, you know, I, I just want to say, like, 
Jokic would be a great pick. I'm just, it's really funny. I, when was the last time a center won MVP? It, it must have been it had a to long been time. Yeah. Shaq won MVP? I don't, I don't know. This, let's look it up. I'm not look sure. Yeah, you go. I'll, but no, it's definitely going to be interesting. It's definitely been a long time since um, a center's won. But Nicole, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic. And I think Nikola Jokic has the best chance of staying healthy and staying consistent throughout the entire year, which is why I'd give him the best chance to uh, get that award. Um, but, you know, we never know. We'll see what happens. Um, did, uh, did you find what we were looking for? Well, I'm just looking at Shaq won one MVP in 1999, but the last real big man to win was uh, Dirk in uh, 2006. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And then before that, it was Kevin Garnett. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Tim Tim Duncan had two. You know, that actually makes sense. I would – Nikola Jokic is definitely more of an all-around player. I would actually probably – compare him closely to those three rather than Shaq. Cause I think he's more of a ball handling uh, center rather than a just power and slam it down. So yeah, no, it's definitely going to be interesting. It's been a long time since a big man has won uh, MVP and he's definitely someone that I'd look for, but now just to finish off the show, we are going to talk about the all-star game. There have been a couple updates. So I'll start off with that. First off, uh, Kevin Durant is not going to be playing in this year's All-Star game. So uh, Demontius Sabonis will replace him, and Jason Tatum will replace him in the starting lineup. And uh, uh, Devin Booker will replace Anthony Davis in the All-Star game since Anthony Davis will not be playing. Um, We talked about this before. Which player are you most looking forward to watching in, or not really most looking forward to because the All-Star game is kind of boring. Um, what player are you most excited for to have made the All-Star team? I have to go with Julius Randle. I mean, the guy's deserved it. He's worked his, his uh, butt off this year. Uh, just as a Knicks fan, too, it's, I, don't, I think the last All-Star we had was probably Melo. Um, so just to have some representation again in the league mm-hmm. as a Knicks fan is pretty cool. And just like Julius Randle, his career has just been so up and down. And, yep. you know, you have to give credit where credit's due. This guy has been incredible. Um, you know, he's putting up uh, career numbers. Um, just great player. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. I think he, I'd probably say I'm most happy to see him as well in the All-Star game because of that. Um, and obviously he's had a great season. He's been a great leader, even though he's what, 26 years old and he's still a young guy on the team. Um, so I'll change it up a little bit and I'll say Damian Lillard. Uh, I just want to see him ball out. I want him to just drain it from deep and just show off because he deserved a starting spot in this all-star game. And if he can do that, there's no question about it. Now, my last question will be, which player are you least excited to see in the All-Star game? Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I mean, obviously he's an All-Star, no doubt, but in terms of entertainment, which is what all the what All-Star game is all about, he's a defensive player, so you know, it's not that entertaining to watch a um, player like that, but he obviously deserves it with, with the Jazz. Um, 
And I'm not really big. I, I don't really love Sabonis, to be honest. Something about him. He always kills the Knicks, and I don't like it. Yeah, no, I'd probably have to agree with Gobert. He is just not exciting. And, you know, it, the All-Star game is about scoring 170 points in a game. By the way, the Knicks scored 140 last night. No big deal. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. Um, it, it's just not going to be exciting. As a Knicks fan, I hate Jason Tatum starting, you know, obviously. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny, come on. Um, and, obviously, Jalen Brown making the All-Star game as well. But, you know, they, they deserved it. I'll give them it. They obviously deserved it. They obviously but, deserved you know, it. Yeah, like, Kenny just roots for bad teams. You know, it, it happens. Hey, they're the new Knicks. We're just going to put it that way. Are we better? The record is us. Yeah, I thought, no, I thought we're better. Oh, we're better? Then there we go. We're better than the Celtics. That's something to hang our hats on for the first half of the season. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure to follow us on socials, underscore from the bench, underscore on Instagram, and at from the bench, too, on Twitter. And we'll make sure to see you guys next week. We might have a new segment, so look out for that. Thanks, guys.